Welcome to the Green Sky Social Work Podcast. My name is Green Sky and I'm a clinical social worker in private practice and a social work college professor. This is part nine of a 10 part series on the very serious topic of suicide and it's geared toward anyone interested in learning more about suicide. So for part nine, the topic is safety planning. What to expect in terms of safety planning? Um, Safety planning is important and I've had the chance to do quite a bit of safety planning activities with um, clients who I think um, either have had a past attempt of suicide or has indicated to me verbally and a lot of the ways through their actions um, that they it is possible that they could harm themselves. Um, you know, we don't want to call it a contract. I, I just want to like um, point out some things. You know, it's not necessarily a contract that you want to call it because I think contract tends to be sort of cold and distant and it's a red flag for someone to say, you know, I don't want to sue another person. And the thing is, is that when people who are in um, distress, you know, you don't want to make it seem like it does nothing for the patient and it really just protects me. So I want to be legally protected. And actually having a contract does not legally protect, um, based on case law, doesn't legally protect the actual counselor or therapist, and it doesn't necessarily protect the client. So it's best to do um, to use what's called a safety agreement, a safety plan, a treatment plan, and to not necessarily call it a contract. Uh, because if someone has a personality disorder, there's no way that they can actually adhere to any sort of contracts, right? So um, just wanted to get that out of the way. But I think in terms of safety planning, what's typically expected is that it is a written document. It does protect um, the worker, if it's a counselor or therapist, it does protect them. And it has been shown when you have a safety plan to decrease inpatient admissions. And so people who struggle with this issue, they don't want to go back into the hospital. It's not a very, um, not a very comforting situation. And, you know, it, it has been shown to, um, decrease um, admissions, hospital admissions. And a safety plan can be something that either the therapist will write or the client will write. And, you know, I'm thinking that it's always better for the client to just handwrite a safety plan, have the client take control. Because you remember, um, you know, unless it's a small child or something, it's always important for the client to do as much work as possible, you know, in making sure that they are um, protected. So if it's a handwritten, it can be typed up on the computer, but, you know, you might want to have it um, actually written by um, the client in the client's handwriting. And it should have, um, the safety plan should have a number of um, elements to it. Uh, First of all, you also want to involve as many people in this plan as possible. So you just don't want it to be a private commitment between the client and the therapist. You want it to be involve all the all the individuals who are important to the person who's struggling with these things. You want them to be involved. You want them to sign. So signatures are part of the safety plan that's written. You get signatures of people um, involved and you make copies of it and make sure everybody has a copy of the of the safety plan. Um, Because a public commitment means that person is more likely to follow through 
with the commitments than if it's something private. Um, another element <clears throat> of a safety plan is to have specific tasks. So you want to divide workload. And so <clears throat> you want to say, okay, you are the client, you're responsible for this to make sure that you're safe. <clears throat> Though the the counselor or therapist, that person would be responsible for this sort of thing to help keep you safe. <clears throat> Maybe the mother or the pastor or whoever is involved should be responsible, or the spouse or the child or um, who whoever the important people are. Everybody should take a task in um, the plan. And it should be done under supervision. So you all always would like to have another person um, to review it. So typically it's the um, supervisor of the therapist would also review it and have a copy of it too. And so this is a way in case this, you know, it's possible a lot of therapists um, will go on vacation. And so what happens if we need to implement some of this contract, some of your tasks, you need to be, you know, you need to have an alternative number or alternative person um, that the um, person who's struggling with this can get a hold of in case their therapist is on vacation or can't be located. So you always want to have copies for everybody. You always want to have everybody on board. Um, and so supervision is always important. So there are four elements of a safety plan, public commitments. So um, having as many people involved in the process as possible. The second thing is task, dividing load, workloads, who's responsible for what. So that increases the buy-in. Second thing is to get signatures from everybody involved that, yes, I will adhere to this. And the fourth thing is to make copies and distribute the copies to everybody involved so that we all know what's what's happening. And um, definitely want to get supervision. You need to have, an, um, in terms of the task and the workload, you always want to have a continuity of care for 24 hours. You know, um, okay, you have an appointment with your therapist. If you fail to show up to that appointment, then what happens? OK, is the counselor, the counselor has to be allowed um, to somehow contact you or contact a family member to say, OK, he, he didn't show up. Um, How is everything doing? OK, in terms of giving everybody a task. Again, we talked about how would you manage guns? Who's going to be responsible if there is any weapons in the house? Oh, I didn't talk about this much, but medication you know, overdosing on pills and overdosing on medication is a common form. Who's going to be the person that's going to monitor the educate the um, the medication in the household and make sure that person is taking what they're supposed to take every day? Transportation is another issue. How are you going to get to and for to your appointments and who are you going to be accountable for? Um, watch. Um, Respite care, maybe somebody, okay, I am your cousin and on Thursday afternoons, maybe three times a week, I will come by and spend time with you, you know, giving some sort of like time and attention, the person who's going to give time and attention to the client. So these are some of the tasks. Um, who's going to arrange for follow-up appointments? Always important for safety plans to address environment, um, coping skills. So um, when I did a safety plan with a client recently, he was a teenager, and we went through some of his um, coping skills that work for him. And so I gave those coping skills to his parents. And his parents, when he would start to get upset, his parents would say, remember the coping skills that you need to use? Do you need a quiet place? Do you need um, this particular person? Um, he felt really good when he played with his pet and he rubbed his dog. That was one way for him to calm down. 
down. So you have to let everybody in the safety plan or a list of coping skills that you need to do, right? Um, and what I also did with this client was I knew that, you know, he was in high school. He can't walk around with a safety plan in his backpack, you know, in high school. So what I did was I put together like a condensed version of the safety plan with important phone numbers and everything. And he took a picture of it with his phone and he had that in a very special place in his phone so that in case he um, is not sure what to do, because our safety plan was several pages long and I had all these signatures on there. So I created like an abbreviated form of the safety plan, not that he would have it by on paper, which, you know, for teenagers nowadays, they don't know to keep up with paper, but I would also have him to take a picture of it with his phone. And so he saved it in a particular place. And then when he felt that things were getting out of control, he was able to go to that very condensed version of the safety plan. And he was able to use some of those skills that we talked about. And so um, <clears throat> it's important for safety planning to be specific, <clears throat> very clear, um, very concise. You're always looking for parsimony, um, very brief and time limited, you know, so that we can say this will be the safety plan for the next month. And then after a couple of weeks, let's revisit the safety plan. So th those are things you can expect. Arrange for follow-up and referrals. And also a clue, include a way for that for everybody to communicate with each other. What are telephone numbers? What are email addresses? You know, the, the worst thing is not to be able to reach out to the person that you need to reach out to. Um, also, I always put the crisis hotline number on there just in case um, you're not able to get a hold of anybody. You can always call the crisis hotline. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, you know, it's important to just have as many people involved in someone who is considering taking their own life. It is an important, um, it, you know, someone's thoughts of ending their own life is important and that person needs attention. And it is important to have a very clear plan on how this is going to, um, what contingencies are, um, all of the things that need to be in there, um, who needs to keep an eye on that person? Um, you know, do they need somebody in the house with them at all times? Can we leave them alone at any point of the day? You know, who's the person that's going to call at a certain time and check in on them? And how are we going to divide? Okay, you take Monday, you take Tuesday, you take Wednesday, everybody take a certain day and rally behind someone who is going through a very difficult time in a lot of pain and in crisis. This is Green Sky, and thank you for listening to the Green Sky Social Work Podcast.